Amen. Hello, guys. Um, you want to turn to the person next to you and say, are you cold? If they say yes, you know they're lying because today it's not cold in this place. Or is it? Are you guys cold? Are you? Oh, sorry. Oh, me, I'm not cold, sir. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Before we get started, um, <laughs> I don't think I can stand here without saying um, or showing appreciation to our dear pastor and my big brother, Pastor Wale. Um, ever since, yeah, Wale, wherever you are, I know you listen to this. <laughs> you know, ever since I met him, uh, my life has changed. In my first year, it was a very different place to where I am now. And the day I encountered him, he's someone who, when you meet him, he's almost like he draws you into your destiny. He just awakens something inside of you that you didn't even know you had. And I thank God for his life. Let's put our hands together for, for our dear pastor. Amen. Amen. Let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer before we start. Father, we thank you, O oh Lord, for this time in your presence, O oh Lord. Father, we thank you that you are God who speaks and you make yourself known to us, O oh Lord. And I pray, Lord, that through the entrance of your word, we will receive illumination, Lord, understanding of your will for our lives, O oh God. Father, today I pray that every broken heart in this place, may you bring healing, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray any discouraged person in here, may they leave uplifted and ready, O oh Lord, to pursue that which you've given them in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray, O oh God, that Lord, as you speak to us, you will draw us closer to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's quickly turn to um, the book of Micah chapter 4. Micah chapter 4. When you get there, just give me a, a wave or a signal or a, a something. Why well, you guys are quick? Because I'm not even there myself. Micah chapter 4. All right, if you're there, say amen. Okay, I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come. Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The Lord will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord that the Lord gave me, um, I think two days ago. Um, I had a dream and in the dream I saw that um, I was walking to imprint actually. And I remember just looking around me and everything was just almost like it was lifeless, basically. And I saw that as I got to imprint, it was like the building was actually shining, like the building was glowing. And so as I walked closer to it, it's almost like life was being poured into me. And the Lord said that he's making imprint a place of refuge for the oppressed, for the lost. And the Lord says that for certain people here, he's bringing us to a place of influence in the secular world. I think many of us here, our degrees and stuff, 
don't think that you just chose it. The Lord is going to use that to give you influence in the secular world so that when you get there, you can spread the message of the gospel and you'll bring a change to that workplace and that environment. Amen? Amen. So, but my main word for, for today is actually from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1. So if we can just all turn to Jeremiah, chapter 1. Are you guys okay? Are you sure? Okay. Jeremiah chapter 1. When you get there, just give me a signal or a wave or a, a noise. <laughs> Kalechi, welcome back. <laughs> Is everyone there? Okay, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly. For I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Amen. The book of Jeremiah is a very interesting um, and significant book. Of course, all the books in the Bible are significant. But not only does it tell us about um, the life and ministry of Jeremiah, but it teaches us a lot about God and how much he desires to have a relationship and fellowship with each of us. Um, and so... Uh, Anyway, let me just go back. Um, as Esty said, we're starting a new series, and this series um, is called My Toolkit, where he wants us to go back to the basics of our faith. And it's very important to make sure that the foundations of your life or the foundations of your faith are set correctly because Jesus in Matthew 7, he gave a parable and he said that there were two men that were building a house. One man built his house on the sand, does everyone know that story? Does everyone know that story? He said that one of the guys built his house on the sand and one man built his house on a rock. And he said that the man who built his house on the sand, when the storms came and the wind came, of course, the house was destroyed because the foundation wasn't right. But the one who built his house on a rock, it doesn't matter where and what kind of storm will come upon that house. It will stand firm because the foundation is right. Is somebody with me? Stay with me. And so it's very important for us to always go back to basis and see if we're really building our lives the way God needs us to build it. Amen? Amen. So in the book of Jeremiah, we see that the Lord one day just showed up to Jeremiah um, and he spoke to him. And as we read, he said that before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. And you see, people, sometimes we forget as Christians that this opportunity that we have to be here 
to hear the word of God is a supernatural experience. Every time you read the Bible, it's a supernatural book. You don't read that book as you read your lecture notes or you read your whatever you read. You read that book knowing that that book has words of life. Did you hear me? That book has words of power. That book, when you get into it deeply, it speaks deeply to your heart. And it's a book that transforms lives, not because of just the words, but because of the spirit of God that is inside those words. And so you see that when God called him, he said to him, before I formed you, I knew you, I did this and that, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing that happened was Jeremiah, he looked at himself and he said that, Lord, I'm only a child. I don't know how to speak. But you see, one thing about God is that when he speaks, he's a God that can never lie. And so I always say that if God was here and he said that this carpet is green, what, what, well, I'll ask you guys first of all, what color is this carpet here? Are you sure? Are you confident? What color is this carpet? So you see, okay. Do we all agree it's blue? Or do we all agree it's blue? Are we sure? Okay. Now, if God was to come and speak and say that this carpet is green, because of the creative power of his words, that carpet will change and it will become what he said. Because his words have so much power that when he speaks, it creates what didn't exist before and it brings it into existence. And so when God promises you something and you look at yourself and you say that I don't have what it takes, you do because he's spoken. And so once he speaks, that thing will manifest and it becomes real to you. Amen. And so I go back to what I said that receiving God's word is such a, a, a an experience that we don't take lightly. I mean, week in, week out, we come to this place, we hear the word of God, and we just take it as a formality that, oh, I'm just coming to church. I'm just reading my Bible. You see, you don't know what's happening, what's really happening. And it's very important for us to not become too familiar with these experiences because God works in the ordinary things of life. Did you hear me? God works in the ordinary things of life and through the ordinary things, he shows himself to us. Amen. And so I personally believe that at the time God showed up to him and he called him, I believe that Jeremiah had had uh, a life that wasn't so great at the time. And he had, because of that, he lost his self-confidence and self-worth. And the reason I say that is because you see the way he responded to God. And he said that, I'm only a child. You see, if he had that confidence in himself, as soon as God gave him that instruction, he would have been able to say, yes, God, I can do it. He wouldn't have given an excuse. But the fact that he was unable to do it shows that he didn't have the confidence in himself. But you see, I love God because he's a specialist in choosing broken people and using them for his glory. Amen? I mean, I've discovered that God, he can't pick someone who is so strong in themselves and has their own strengths. I mean, you see, and that's what happened to Moses, that God had to pull him away from that place of security. The Bible said that he was raised in Egypt, which was the richest place in the world at that time. And I'm sure because he had so much of a good background, he had so much wealth, 
I'm sure even though he knew that God had a specific purpose for him, he had his own idea of how he was going to accomplish that. And you see, one thing about God is that he says it in the scripture, that his ways are higher than our ways. I mean, you can try and uh, strategize and try and figure out what God will do, but God will never do things the way you expect. He has to bring you to a place where you completely rely on him so that at the end of the day, he gets all the glory. Amen? And so, going back to um, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about destiny. I'm talking about purpose. I'm talking about what happens when you receive the word of God and when you encounter the word of God. And as I said, that is a supernatural experience to receive the word of God. If it's prophecy, personal prophecy, if God speaks to you directly, I mean, there's different ways that the word of God comes that which we see in the scriptures. Some people, they have angelic visitations. Angels come to them and tell them that this is what you're going to do. Some people have visions. Some people see it in dreams. But whichever way it comes, I mean, receiving the word of God is, a, is something that we can't take for granted. Amen? Amen. And so one thing I want to say is that we see in the scripture, it says that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And so we have to understand that when we receive the word of God, we are receiving God himself. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay. Lovely stuff. I hope someone's being blessed by what I'm saying. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. And so when you move to verse 5, let's all just look at verse 5 quickly. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations and this verse is very interesting it's almost as if this verse could have been placed in Genesis where I sometimes I ask myself that why didn't God say that to Adam that before you know this and that I knew you I formed you and in fact the verse it doesn't even make sense how, how can you know someone before they're born does that that doesn't make sense or maybe you guys have understanding but me it didn't make sense to me how, so God, what are you saying? That before he was born, you knew him. And the reason why God is saying that because God is the creator. And anybody who creates anything, that thing begins as an idea in the mind of the creator. So before that thing manifests, he pictures it, imagines it, and he sees the problem that he's trying to solve. And when he sees that problem, he begins to strategize, okay, what can I do in order to resolve this? So, for example, can someone give me their phone quickly so I can just demonstrate what I'm talking about? Anyone, any phone, even if it's Android, it's okay. I don't mind. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No offense. Okay. So, whoever made the phone, I don't know who made the phone. I don't know the circumstances regarding that. Is it? Apple. Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, did, yeah, I take your word for it. So, the person who made this phone said to themselves that maybe it's a, I'll just use an example. My wife, I can't see her all the time, even though I desire to speak to her always. So, let me create something that will enable me to always keep in communication with her. So that even when we're not in the same proximity, we can still communicate and speak to each other. Does that make sense? And so that thing didn't just manifest, but it began as an idea. 
And so he had to think about it. And I'm sure after he thought about it and he discovered that, okay, there is a way to bring us together even though we're not in the same place, he began to put pieces of plastic and whatever the phone is made of together. And now we see what is called a phone being brought into place. So I'm trying to explain that we also, we existed first as an idea in the mind of our God who looked at the problems of this generation and said that, okay, I need somebody like this to solve this problem. So let me form them in this way and send them at this particular time to resolve this issue. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Guys, I need to make sure you understand this before we move on. Does that make sense? Okay, wonderful. And so, you see, that just goes to show you how valuable your life is. That God thought that he had to create somebody like you to change the destiny of this world, to change the destiny of your family. You see, you could have been born into any family. Why your family? Why this city, Leicester? Why are you here? You could have been anywhere. I mean, some of us, it wasn't our plans to be in this place, but we're here because God wants us to be here. I won't lie to you and say, <laughs> some of us, we didn't want to be in this city. But in fact, we, didn't, we wouldn't even be Christians if we had our own plans. I would not be standing here if I had my plans. Because when I came here, I said that me and you, God. <laughs> Honestly, I just, I'm just keeping it real. I said that when I was at home, they knew me as church boy, but when I come to Leicester... Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't lie to you. But you see, there's somebody who knows you. And see, when he formed you, he didn't just create you, but he also created the path that you're going to walk on. I mean, it's so hardwired into your DNA that it doesn't matter. You can try and steer course or go another way. He will put you back on that path. You can even ask Jonah. The Lord showed to go to Nineveh and speak my word. What did Jonah say? He said, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. The Lord said, okay, that's fine. You, today you will sleep somewhere different that you're not used to. And the world swallowed him, and he was in that circumstance until he had to go back into alignment. So what am I saying? I'm saying that when the Lord creates you with a purpose, there's nothing that can destabilize that thing from being established. Amen? Amen. And so you see that God creates us with a purpose and an idea. But that purpose and idea will never become real to you until you encounter him. Does that make sense? Guys, I need you to speak to me. It's cold up here, you know. I said I wasn't cold, but it's cold now. <laughs> Before you discover your purpose, you need to discover God. You need to come into a deep and intimate relationship with him. Sometimes people, they come up to me and say, oh, I don't know my purpose. I don't know. God doesn't speak to me. God, Yes, he does. God speaks. We just read that in the scripture. The word of the Lord came to him saying, which means that God speaks and he speaks in a language that's very clear for us all to understand. It's very clear to understand. And so one thing about God is that 
he has no intention of hiding himself. Can you imagine that you, let's say, one day, by God's grace, we'll all have our own families and our own children one day. And you're trying to get your child to do something. And everything that you're saying, they can't understand. I mean, you'll be thinking, what kind of child? Where did they, where did they take you from? And it's the same with God. He has no intention of keeping us in the dark. He wants us to understand him. And that's why I always say that as people come to God, I can't hear God speak. He doesn't speak. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He speaks all the time. But it takes us to tune our ears to listen to him. Are we taking time out to spend time with him? Or are we just not interested in what he has to say? Because you see, when we discover the truth of our lives, you see that you begin to walk towards your destiny. Amen? Amen. Okay. I'm very conscious of time. I don't want to speak for too long. Okay. But let's go to verse 6 quickly. Sorry. And God said to him, Our sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. You see, when God speaks to you, most of the time, when he reveals your destiny to you, the word that he says completely contradicts your situation. Have you realized that? Sometimes you'll be wondering, God, are you sure? Or did this, did this word, is the map configured the wrong way? Like, did this pin, was it supposed to touch me? Because you look at yourself. You can ask Gideon that in Judges chapter 6. I remember Adrian spoke on that just uh, literally this time last year. God showed up to him and he said, you mighty man of valor. I'm sure Gideon was looking around like, this guy, who's, who's he talking to? In fact, he's probably telling God that, God, I think the report that you heard is the wrong thing. So now let me tell you who I really am. He said that my tribe is the least in all the tribes. <laughs> and my clan is the least of all the clans in the tribe. And in the clans, my family is the least. And in my family, I'm the least. <laughs> and God said, that's not what I'm talking about. That is not what I'm talking about. Because I made you. I know who I created you to be. It's not about the circumstances surrounding your life. But it's about what I say. Because I am God. And when I speak, it creates. When I speak, I speak the truth. Amen. And so, my question is that when God reveals our destiny to us, what is our perception of ourselves? What is our perception of him? Because I said before that you can never accomplish what God wants you to do in your own strength. And so, if you're looking too much at yourself, you will never think that what God is asking you to do is him that's going to give you the strength to do it. When you're so internalized, and that's what the devil does to make you focus so much on yourself that when you, you consider what God is asking you to do, it seems like this is impossible. And you're right, it is impossible for you. But with God, all things are possible. Did you hear me? All things are possible with God. And so it's very important for us to realize that we must partner with him 
if we want to see what he says in our lives come to pass. Amen. So I ask again, what is your perception of yourself? When he says that you are his child, some of us, because of the experiences that we've had, find it very difficult to believe that God could love someone like us. Has anyone ever felt like that before? And I felt like that myself. Sometimes you, because of the background you've come from, and maybe your parent wasn't as active in your life as they should have been, it leaves a void in you. And it makes you just, it's almost like you just search so much for affirmation outside because there was somebody who should have given that to you, but they never gave it to you. And so you feel like this thing that God, you're asking me to do, there's no way I can do it. But you see, I love God because anytime he speaks and he reveals his word to you, his desire is to affirm you so much that you have complete confidence in him. Amen. Because God, he always wants us to be sure what we represent so that once he sends us out to fulfill our purpose, we are very sure and confident in who we are. No one will come and destabilize us. The challenges that are involved in walking that path, you will have what it takes because you are sure that God is with you. Does that make sense? So I ask again, what is your perception of yourself, of your situation? I mean, it's a very crucial time, exam season for some of us. And God has spoken to some of us that everything will be okay. But you're looking at a situation and you're saying that God, I haven't even, in fact, I'm on lecture six and I've got 24 to go. And I know some of us here, that's, that's why we came here today. <laughs> but I see it's okay. It's okay. Me, I've been there, so I won't stand here and say that. Yeah, because... But you see, what is your perception once God speaks? Are you still hanging on to the fact that this situation looks impossible? Or are you embracing faith to see beyond that circumstance? Because you see, and I think Dr. when she came up here, she's talked about being crippled by fear. I think she made reference to that. And you see, that is the whole objective of the devil bringing fear. Because fear, it cripples you. And, and immobilizes you from actually taking a step to look beyond where you are now. I mean, I want, or the way God explained it to me was very interesting. It's almost as if the devil, he uses different ideas as building blocks. He presents those false ideas to you and you use them, you build them into a reality, a false reality. And you've created a situation in your mind that has seemed so real to you but really, it doesn't even exist. Does that make sense? Uh, does that make sense? I mean, he, and the purpose of that is to cripple you and to make you see that what God is saying, it can't happen. But I thank God that he gives us faith to see beyond that fear. And it's very important because if we want to walk into our destiny and our purpose, we must be people of faith because a lot of the times the situation you're confronted with is it can make you even feel that let me just give up let me just give up because 
sometimes it's like god you spoke and i tried i took a step into what you asked me to do and i failed so god what are you saying in fact god did you even speak god you said that you would help me in this but why is it that every time i make an attempt it seems like i'm just going backwards and backwards i take two steps forward and one step back but lord says carry on anyway keep on doing it because his word is true you see habakkuk he said one thing he said that though the word delays it will surely come to pass did you hear me the word will surely come to pass because god is not a man that lies amen amen thank you lord and see there's many times where we have no idea what happens when we decide to embrace faith rather than fear let's look at the scripture and you see in acts chapter 9 apostle paul or he was Saul at the time he was persecuting the whole church killing christians and everything and the lord met him and said paul paul why are you persecuting me most of us know the story and he was blind but then i think it was three days after the lord spoke to another guy called ananias and he said that there's a man who I showed a vision of you praying for him to open his eyes. And I want you to pray for this man. And Ananias replied to the Lord, the Lord and said, Lord, I've heard a lot about this guy, how he's destroying Christians, how he's persecuting the church. And the Lord said, that's not your concern. All I'm asking you to do is pray for him. And he is my chosen instrument. I will use him. You see, Imagine if Ananias decided to walk in fear rather than embracing faith. Most of the New Testament, we wouldn't even have it. Just, I mean, just imagine if Apostle Paul wasn't in the equation. I mean, so you can see that just by taking a step of faith, you can reach out to just one person who will cause a significant shift in this whole generation. I mean, sometimes... It's not in the big things. It's not in you uh, uh, accomplishing the major things. Sometimes we might not be the ones, but you might be the one to lead someone else to do what God wants them to do. Because I, I think Apostle Paul, even though he wasn't even one of Jesus' 12, he accomplished more than all of them put together. I mean, just imagine... I think he was even the first apostle to preach in Europe, I believe so. And so just imagine if that Ananias had just said to God that God, this guy, he's probably going to kill me, so I like my life, so let me not bother. But we thank God that he set an example for us to know that we should embrace faith rather than walking in fear. Amen? Amen. But you see, when you get to verse 8, after Jeremiah says to God, I'm only a child, the Lord said to him, don't be afraid, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Because sometimes it can be very difficult. I wouldn't lie to you. Sometimes what God is asking us to do is almost impossible. In fact, I've, I've already established that it is by our own strength. But the Lord said that it will work out. It will work out. Don't conclude before you've even taken a step that you're going to fail. Because the world has, I've realized it, the world has wired us 
to the point where before we even do something, the first thing we think is, well, imagine if I fail. Have you realized that? How come we never think that, imagine if I do well? Have you, have you realized that? We always say that, oh, imagine if this goes wrong and this doesn't work. Well, what hap- what, imagine if it does work out. Imagine if it does go well. Just imagine. And imagine if we had that mindset approach in every situation. I'm, so, I'm sure we'll be very bold in taking steps to what God wants us to do. But you see, this is the reason why God brings us his word. So we can renew our minds. That's why he says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. I said that. That's a mindset that the world has created for us. To assume failure. But God doesn't fail. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? God doesn't fail. Amen. Amen. And when you get to verse 9, he said, The Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth and said to me, I've put my words in your mouth. And you see, in the moments where we need God the most, he shows up. He encourages you. He gives you a touch to refresh you and to keep you going. He told his disciples that surely I'm with you till the end of the age. Because his word is true when he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so that should give you the confidence to keep pressing on no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way. God will definitely work everything out for your good. Amen. Amen. Okay. And now when you get to verse 10, God said, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, tear down, destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. You see, in spite of your limitations and how you see yourself, God has empowered you. God has empowered you. Even when I made reference to judges, the Lord said to Gideon, he told him, go in the strength that I've given you. Go and do it. You can do it. Amen. You want to turn to the person next to you and say, you can do it. Are you guys sure? You want to say it again? Say it again. You can do it. You can do it. Okay, so time is fast spent. Let me just conclude. And then let's look at verse 11 and 12 quickly. And then he said, the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? And he said, I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. You see, the reason why I believe that the Lord asked him this time, what do you see, was to see if this time he would look at that thing in faith rather than how he was looking before. And that's the question the Lord is asking us. This time, when you look at that situation, what do you see? Do you see yourself failing in that exam? Do you see that family circumstance improving? Do you see the Lord intervening? What do you see? You see, church, it's time to change our perspective. Did you hear me? It's time to change your perception because the Lord is bringing us into a new season. And you see, any time that you move into a new season, the Lord requires more of you. And so you can't go into the new season with old mindsets. Did you hear me? And so God is calling us. I started off by saying that when we receive the word of God, that's a supernatural encounter. And that supernatural encounter only comes by being close 
to God for yearning or yearning for him. You see, as much as I wish that God would show up to everybody here and meet them, I cannot do that. You have to seek that encounter for yourself. You have to desire it so that God can speak to you and show up to you. You know, this year, if we're going to be successful, we have to spend time with God. I think the first quarter of the year is over now, isn't it? And I know many of us set goals coming into this year. I wonder if we've achieved some of what we said we would do. Yes, even me, I'm even triggered because some of the goals, I haven't ticked them off yet. But you see, God is faithful. But you see, for the rest of the year, if we want to see a greater move of God in our lives, we must spend quality time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Discover the truth about your life and about your situation. I always say that there's always many realities in this life. But you see, the reality that you choose to embrace will become your reality. Even though God's word is the reality, what you embrace will become your reality. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. You see, in this series where we're talking about going back to basics, it's time to spend time with God and allow him to rebuild the foundations of our lives. Because many of us have built lives on shaky foundations. You've built life based on what people have said about you, about what your parents have said. I'm not here to disrespect anyone's parents, God forbid, but your parents are not God. Did you hear me? Your parents are not the Lord. It's only the Lord's word who is the truth. You see, I don't run my life by any other word. I love and I respect my parents, but when it comes to God, I tell them. It's God that comes first. And if it's going to cause an inconvenience, then that's a price that I will have to pay. Because I believe in his word. I believe that when he speaks, he speaks the truth about my life. And I, ho I know you guys believe that as well, don't you? Amen. You see, the reason why the Lord wants to speak this word to us is to just get us to change the way we think. You see, the life that you have now is not the fullness of what you will be. Don't settle for this counterfeit that the devil is offering to you. There is more that God has prepared for you. Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads quickly. So we'll bow our heads. Father, we thank you, O oh Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you that when you speak, you change lives. You transform situations, O oh Lord. You change futures, O oh Lord. And every time your word comes, it comes to bring a shift in our situation, O oh Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that as we receive your word today, may you cause, O oh Lord, our lives to become everything that you have designed them to be, O oh Lord. Father, Lord, I speak with the authority that you gave me when you gave me that key on that day. And Lord, I pray, I open, Lord, Lord, the windows, Lord, of new opportunities upon your people, O oh Lord.
Father, I pray for anybody here who has been lost for so long. Lord, I speak the light of your word to bring direction, O oh Lord. Father, I speak illumination over your people, O oh Lord. Father, any affliction of the enemy that is causing your people, O oh Lord, to be, Lord, destabilized, causing them to lose hope, causing them to lose focus, and causing them to lose their identity, Lord, I pray today that those things will be shifted in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, O oh Lord, that, Lord, as we step into this new, Lord, quarter of the year, Father, I pray, O oh Lord, that we will see testimonies. Lord, we will see miracles. We will see your hand at work, O oh Lord, in our lives. And I pray, O oh Lord, that, Lord, you will continue to speak your word to us. We will have a new encounter, O oh Lord. I pray, Lord, for a new encounter in this season, O oh Lord. That, Lord, everybody here will see you. For your word say that Moses spoke to you face to face. And I pray that same grace be released over this house. That, Lord, we will know you face to face, Lord, as a man knows his friend. So we will know you, O oh God. Lord, I pray against any lukewarmness, Lord. Any lack of desire, Lord, to seek your presence, O oh Lord. Father, today, Lord, I infuse desire, Lord, into the hearts of your people, O oh Lord. That, Lord, our hearts will grow hungry for you, O oh Lord. Lord, I speak thirst into our lives, O oh God. And I speak that we will be driven, O oh Lord, and energized for the journey ahead, O oh Lord. Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, that the grace to push on beyond every challenge, O oh Lord, be released in this place. Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, for fresh strength, O oh Lord. I pray, Lord, for your will to be established in our lives. That as we spend time with you. You will draw us to the place where we belong. Father, I give you praise. Lord Jesus, we say today that we love you, O oh Lord. And our heart's desire is to please you and you alone. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, put your hands together for Jesus. Put your hands together.